Click Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. You survived the weekend. Time to get back after it. It's been a crazy weekend, too. Pregnant mother forcefully removed by police from a Catholic church in Dallas. You have a uh, radio station on a Catholic university that's blasting heavy metal. You got a rapper who puts out Satan shoes. The Biden administration talking about COVID vaccines. I mean, it's crazy town out there. But we have come to the week of weeks, the holiest feast in the church's calendar is upon us. Praise be to God in all things. And uh, I wonder, are you ready? Am I ready? I don't know. But uh, Gabriel Castillo is going to return to our program today to help us with those last minute things that we could do to make our Holy Week truly incredible, To, to include meditating upon the seven sorrows of Our Lady. So Gabriel Castillo is going to be our guest in the guest segment today. We're looking forward to that. Praise be to God. And I'm excited to announce the return of Fear and Trembling today on the Catholic Drive Time show in our second hour. If you are at all able to join us, we surely would love to have you because prizes are involved. So praise be to God for that. And of course, the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. I must admit, I'm really excited to get the game show back. Are you? I kind of missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Giving people stuff is always fun. I agree, yeah. Gift-giving. You know, uh, and I did something for the first time over the weekend. Talk about crazy stuff. I, I, I got my Glory and Shine package. Not sponsored, by the way. I uh, My wife and I purchased some items from Glory and Shine, a Catholic company that that mixes the beauty and the richness of Catholic tradition with these, uh, these products. And uh, for the first time ever, I have tried Beard Balm. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. It feels, uh, it's a kind of a, I don't know. I'm, do, as a man, do I like Beard Bomb? I'm not sure. Uh, but my wife thinks it smells good, so praise be to God for that. Speaking of smelling good, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Um, don't know, you know, you know, smelling good. That's, that's <laughs> usually a good sign. Um, so thank you very much for the compliment. Have you ever used beard bomb, Adrian? No, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't have much of a beard. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of very pathetic. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe I will. Glory and shine. I saw your, uh, package and I was kind of blown away. I was like, wow, I didn't think it was going to be that Catholic. It's pretty and I was, Catholic. I was pretty shook. I was like, I want to kind of want to buy this just so I can open the package. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the, there's a, a piece of paper that confirms my order. They hand wrote note on that. Pray, they're praying for you. The stick, the, the tape that seals the boxes. Hey, we're praying for you. There was two prayer cards in there. There was another big, uh, it's like a six by nine card. Hey, we're praying for you. So I'm getting the message. That they are very much in prayer for their for their clients. So I thought that was pretty pretty cool. I mean, a lot of nice little touches there, and the product smells wonderful. So I got like a beard balm and like a soap bar and a, uh, I think it was like a, a like a beard oil sprayer. 
Have you ever had a beer? I have no idea what that even is. I didn't know it existed. that exists. Until I got it in the mail. You're making things up. I'm not. Praise be to God. Now, my wife picked it all out, so I'm sure it's fantastic and smells really, really good. So I'll be letting you know more about that in the future. But at any rate, Gabriel Castillo is our returning guest today. He's always really, really wonderful. It's like a sipping from a fire hose. And the Seven Sorrows of Mary is going to be part of the conversation today. But Holy Week prep... Uh, you know, Palm Sunday, big day. We'll be uh, discussing the the gospel reading for Palm Sunday this week on our email list. So if you're not on our email list, let me encourage you to sign up. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you'll get the email later this week with our gospel reflections from the commentaries from the other church fathers, from St. Thomas Aquinas and more, in your inbox at grnonline.com forward slash cdt let's pray we have a lot to get into today we're glad that you're here and we're going to be praying for your intentions dear listener in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come before thee i stand sinful and sorrowful O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A federal judge sided with the Archdiocese of Washington on Thursday in its lawsuit against Washington, D.C. over church capacity restrictions. In an order published late Thursday evening, Judge Trevor McFadden of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia granted an injunction which prevented the city from enforcing its pandemic-related capacity limits on churches. The order came three days before Holy Week began on Palm Sunday. In D.C., houses of worship were officially limited to a maximum of 250 people inside, regardless of their official capacity. This included the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, the largest church in North America, which has a total capacity of around 6,000 people for its upper church. The court's order means that houses of worship in D.C. are allowed to admit as many people inside as they can, in line with other public health regulations such as social distancing. Fourteen people were hospitalized with injuries following a suicide bombing outside a church in Makassar City, Indonesia, on Palm Sunday. The two suspected bombers both died, according to the Indonesian police, and so far, no other deaths have been reported. A security guard who tried to stop the two suspected bombers from entering the churchyard is among the injured. The explosion occurred outside the Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Cathedral as churchgoers were exiting the church at the start of Holy Week. There has been no immediate claim of responsibility for the attack, and police say the investigation with the anti-terror unit is ongoing. At a Sunday Angelus, Pope Francis prayed for those who were injured in the bombing. The Vatican plans to vaccinate 1,200 people living in poverty during Holy Week with the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. The Office of Papal Charities is offering doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine purchased by the Holy See and offered by the Lazaro Spallanzani Hospital through the Vatican COVID-19 Commission. When Vatican City State first began its vaccination campaign in January, the Pope requested that homeless people residing at the shelter owned by the Office of Papal Charities be among the first to be vaccinated. 
At his traditional Christmas Urbi at Orbi blessing, the Pope called for COVID-19 vaccines to be made available to the world's neediest people. Both Pope Francis, who is 84 years old, and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, who is 93, have now received the two doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Ludolf of Ratzburg, pray for us. He was born in the 13th century. He was a Norbertine canon of the Cathedral of Ratzburg. And uh, he was a priest, ordained priest. But he was a noted preacher, Bishop of Ratzburg in 1236, and imprisoned um, for for defending the cathedral against Duke Albert Urso of Lunenburg, Saxony. Now, he was uh, trying to prevent the duke from confiscating the property. Not unlike, a, I was thinking of Athanasius there, uh, but uh, he was taken into prison. He was abused in many ways, but he found refuge under Duke John of Mecklenburg. But by that point, his injuries were so severe that he did not survive very long. In fact, he would die on the 29th of March, 1255, as a result of his injuries uh, that he received in prison. He would die and be considered a martyr for the faith. He was buried there at the Cathedral of Ratzburg and was canonized in the 14th century. St. Ludolf of Ratzburg, pray for us. The gospel comes to us from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was born, or where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served while Lazarus was one of those reclining at table with him. Mary took a litter of costly perfumed oil made from genuine aromatic nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then Judas the Iscariot, one of, the, his, one of his disciples, and the one who would betray him, said, why was this oil not sold for 300 days' wages and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and held the money bag and used to steal the contributions. So Jesus said, Leave her alone. Let her keep this for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews found out that he was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And the chief priests plotted to kill Lazarus, too, because many of the Jews were turning away and believing in Jesus because of him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now this particular passage... This anointing passage is reported in the Synoptic Gospels as well, uh, but there is some difference here as compared to the others. There are more details here in John's Gospel than in the others. Uh, we have we see Mary listed specifically named. She is our protagonist, and Judas the antagonist. So we see this this dueling uh, narrative of of generosity versus selfishness. We have Lazarus listed here. Of course, he was most recently raised from the dead, and here he is reclining at table. Of course, and Jesus 
is, uh, is so that central figure whose feet is anointed in preparation for his burial, which means this coming week. In fact, this event takes place on Saturday prior, just prior, the very next day is Palm Sunday, where he makes his triumphal entry on a donkey into Jerusalem, uh, a lot uh, like King Solomon did, for instance, when he was ascending to the throne. So it's a powerful reality. Uh, in this narrative of the details. And I love that about John's gospel. Look at the details that he always lists, naming these characters. But did you also notice how he mentions that the whole house is filled with a fragrance? It's like this living memory. And if, if you probably have experienced this many times, you're just going along your daily routine, your business, your life, and then all of a sudden you smell something and you have this like instant flashback of some memory when you were a kid or something. That's because the, the smell and the brain have a unique uh, relationship together. And smells can trigger memories uh, unlike anything else of, of your senses. And so I think this is a beautiful look at John writing his own gospel and recalling this moment where the whole house is filled with this very expensive, very high-end fragrance coming out of this nard, this spice coming out of India, in fact. And then you see this, like I said, this this contrast, this dueling narrative between generosity and selfishness. Mary's generosity in, in, in pouring this very expensive nard to prepare Jesus for his burial this uh, this act that would uh, save mankind from their sins, defeat the devil, uh, and then of course Judas and his uh, he carries the money bag and and Jesus I mean or John rather rightly calls that uh, spade a spade here. It's not as though Judas truly cares for the poor, and Jesus says you will always have the poor. You will have many many opportunities to be generous to these people, but you will have very little opportunity to sit here and to live in this moment and to be generous to me and to help prepare me for my passion, death, and resurrection. And he calls out Judas for what he really is. He's not truly charitable. He's not truly interested in the plight of the poor. He's really just interested in his own intentions. In fact, I mean, Judas sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, a sum far less than that of what Mary gives in her very expensive nard that she pours out on the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we've entered now the week of weeks, the Holy Week, coming and preparing for the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we should ask ourselves, how grateful are we? Are we willing to give the best of what we have over to the Lord? Or do we reserve it for ourselves? What are we willing to do? Are we willing to be like Mary in this moment? And I think that's a good good question as we enter this week. And maybe we can ponder that. But uh, with just seconds left, I won't bother. We'll get to Adrian's take on the gospel in the next hour. If you're able to join us, we'd love to have you. You can always stream us live, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find all the links at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Coming after this very short break, we have a What's Concerning Us segment. Lots of stories in the news today that I would like to discuss. But also, coming up in our guest segment, Gabriel Castillo is back to get us ready for Holy Week. The Seven Sorrows of Mary. Have you heard of those? Have you meditated on them? All that's coming up. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Some atheistic scientists claim we don't need God to explain the universe because science is sufficient to get the job done. But is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Science could never negate the need for God because it can't give an exhaustive explanation of the universe. First, it relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. As such, 
Scientists can never be certain they've discovered every piece of data necessary to give a complete explanation. They must always be open to discovering something new that could alter their current theory. Furthermore, science presupposes an existing universe to observe and explain. Thus, it could never explain why the universe exists in the first place rather than not. Science has explanatory power, but not enough power to negate the need for God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Just uh, caressing my beard-balmed beard this morning. Brand new. First time. I've never uh, used the beard balm before, so still getting kind of used to it. But uh, Glory and Shine, great company. Not sponsored, by the way. They are not sponsors of ours. They're just really cool, and I recommend them. But uh, you know who is a generous underwriter of our program is realestateforlife.org. Uh, a company that uh, believes in our mission and has been very gracious to us, and they helped to connect buyers and sellers of houses. So if you're selling your house, buying your house, that kind of thing, uh, faith-based, faith-based experience, and they support pro-life organizations. And their website is realestateforlife.org. Very grateful for their sponsorship, realestateforlife.org. Again, don't forget, Gabriel Castillo is back on the show today. We're going to talk about the seven sorrows of uh, Our Lady, seven sorrows of Mary, and preparing for the greatest feast in our calendar. Hopefully you're ready. I know I'm not, so I'm sure Gabriel's going to help us get ready. But in the uh, What's Concerning Us section, oh my heavens, Emily Alcarez, like what has gone on? The weekend has just been a little crazy. I know, uh, like I, I saw this article about rapper Little Nas's ex's shoe, Satan shoes. Like I've never heard of Little Nas. I don't, I'm not a big fan, I guess, since I've never heard of him. I've never heard of any of his music. Um, I'm sure this is a big PR stunt, but does he have any? I know you're like, you're probably a big fan. So uh, is, does he have any idea what fire he's playing with, Emily? Uh, yeah, this is really scary. And even more, maybe more disturbing than the shoes was the music video that he put out with his latest song, which was just, I don't even want to describe it. I don't even want to describe it. It was completely demonic, like overtly, overtly demonic and just um, full of sexual, like over the top references. Um, it's really disappointing because Lil Nas X put out this song, Old Town Road, right? And who was the main audience of this song? Like, kids. middle school kids, small kids were obsessed with this song. And now the the man who put out this song that so many kids were listening to, like, nonstop last year, uh, or two years ago, was it? And now he's being overtly, like, very just overly sexual and satanic in his music video and in the products that he's producing, you know, so. you know, it's pretty crazy because my one of my friends was saying uh, over the weekend we were talking about this issue, and he was saying, you know, what's really perverse about this whole thing is that not only is he putting out satanic shoes, but these satanic shoes are being made by probably children in China. 
Uh, so you have these Chinese children uh, that are being paid pennies uh, into forced uh, child labor, and they're making shoes for Satan, like literally satanic shoes, uh, with these mu- evil music that's being played. And just like Emily said, uh, and I have, I just hated Old Town Rose in the beginning because I'm a huge country fan, and uh, this is went on number one in the country charts. And everybody who was a fan of country was like, "This is not country music. This is uh, this is horrible. It's like trap music, and, and you're just destroying the genre of country music. It's it was quite disgusting." Right, but the issue is the Satanism. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's no difference to me now. Um, you know, I think it's just going down the Miley Miley Cyrus route and and the need for like uh, Cardi B, the the need for this con. Madonna used to do this all the time. You know, get as wild as you possibly can to stay in the headlines for as long as you can to sell as many records as you can. Uh, now that I guess you don't sell records anymore, no more CDs. It's all downloads or whatever. But uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he has no idea what he's playing with fire. He's playing with. Um, is he a true Satanist? No. Probably not. I don't know. But I he's opening he wide the door to the devil and the diabolic to chastise him, to harass him, and to maybe even fully possess him at some point, depending on on how much uh, how much mortal sins he's committing here. I mean, it's just insane. And I, I, I'm so glad that, uh, that I get accused all the time of being a helicopter parent. Call me what you will, but I will not let that nonsense in my house. And it's hard enough every day as parents to make good decisions for your kids. And I'm not pretending to be perfect at this, but golly gee whiz, someone who knows little Nas X uh, and loves him deeply should probably talk to him because that's literally insane. Speaking of insane, uh, real quick, I won't even dive too deep on this subject. I saw uh, a headline over on the Epic Times, Transportation Secretary Floats Taxing Drivers by the Mile to Pay for Infrastructure Bill. Could you imagine having to pay per mile? I mean, uh, Adrian, you and I would probably owe the government a ton of cash, given how far away we live from our studio. Yep. That'd be quite impossible. Here's the question I want the audience to consider. If this is, and by the way, they're considering a whole bunch of things, like increasing the gas tax, for instance, paying by the mile, and a bunch of other taxes they're going to throw into this bill, this massive multi-trillion dollar bill, because you got to pay for printing cash and putting it into ba- people's bank accounts for stimulus some way, right? Well, um, if, they, if they start to charge you per mile, how in the world would the federal government know how many miles you've driven? Unless they have some way of tracking you. Will they put something on your car? Will they force you to have an app on your phone that tracks your location, or will they just simply ask iPhone and Google to provide that data because they're doing it anyway? Um, in that event, that's a, pretty much the same thing Communist China does with all their citizens, requiring them to have smartphones and apps that track their whereabouts, and et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of a scary notion. Um, but there was another story over the weekend that started to break, and it's going to get even more. Uh, it's going to break even more. There was a, a pregnant mother at a parish in Dallas going to Holy Mass, and she was forcefully removed by police. She was given a warning of trespassing and told never to return. She wasn't given a ticket, and she wasn't technically arrested, although they did threaten to cuff her. And she wasn't wearing a mask. She was in the back, socially distant, minding her own business, not screaming, yelling, or calling attention to herself. But because she didn't dare to wear a mask, she was the police were called and she was forcibly removed, told never to return, and they took a picture of her license plate. Is this the church of the uh, the church that journeys? 
with those on the fringes. The journey, the, the church of mercy, the church that embraces those with same-sex attractions, those divorced and remarried pe- persons, those people who are out there on the fringes. Is this, is this that church, that church that is merciful and kind to those people and then unkind to those that just refuse to wear a mask? I mean, Walmart is more tolerant than this situation. I've been in many Walmarts, never been spoken to once without a mask. Home Depot's not a problem. Many grocery stores, no issue. In a state that does not require a mask, it does bear a lot of concern that it turns out that it is the Catholic Church that's the, far, the least tolerant when it comes to, to those that feel that uh, wearing a mask could impede them in some way, shape, or form, irregardless of the politics. Very, very concerning. Uh, so hopefully we'll have more information about that story in the coming days. Did you guys see the story out of LifeSite News? Uh, Catholics demand Catholic University shut down student-run radio station that plays blasphemous, openly satanic music. Yeah, I remember that story. Oh, is it not new? Because I just saw it. Where have I been? I don't know. Sometimes they update stories. There might have been an update. Uh, you're saying I've been asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I got no, you. there's a I lot of you. news we go through. There's a lot of news. But yeah, I remember that. There was a Catholic university, right, that was playing satanic music. Oh, was it like metal or something? Yeah, heavy metal. Now, this is uh, LifeSite News reporting, and this is a little bit of what the article says. A Catholic group located in the Diocese of New Jersey is trying to shut down the student-run radio station at Seton Hall University, a private Catholic school, after a recent investigation revealed that it has a long history of broadcasting blasphemous and openly satanic heavy metal music. Uh, Shut down WSOU has been working tirelessly for months to put an end to the station and its broadcasting of moral pollution in the wake of the investigation in August of 2020 by Lepanto Institute. We just, we had Hitchborn on. I don't remember the story ever coming up. I did reach out to Hitchborn to see if he wanted to be on today, but apparently uh, he is not yet awake. So maybe we'll have him on tomorrow. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's typical Catholic University students get to run you know, they get to do things on a Catholic university that uh, probably shouldn't be tolerated, but because of it being an open campus, they're just probably allowing these students to run the, the student-run uh, radio station. Now, radio stations on campus aren't high quality to begin with. The students play just about whatever. They're trying to learn the art, the craft of radio. When I went through broadcasting school back in... Uh, 18, what was it? I don't remember. But it was like a long time ago in the 90s. And we would do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, thankfully, I never did heavy metal or satanic music. But I did a reggae show. I also did uh, country shows. I did, I did symphony music shows. I mean, we would do everything to learn the craft. No doubt there's some kid that loves heavy metal there. But at the end of the day, if you're a Catholic university and... Catholic is who and what you are. Should that not dictate uh, the the direction, the identity, the sort of the moral compass of your campus? Even if your students are secular, I mean, they knew what they were getting into, did they not? I mean, did someone put a gun to their head and force them to attend a Catholic university when there were so many other options to include state-run college schools? Um, If they're going to be on a Catholic school, shouldn't they just at least participate according to the known rules of the Catholic faith? It's not like they're hidden and secret somehow. You can just open a catechism and read them. 
But at the same time, it seems like it's not really, uh, if you read this article, it seems like as much as they're trying, they're not getting much of an audience. Even the, the Cardinal Tobin hasn't really chimed in here. And they would like to have him intervene in some way, shape, or form. So, very concerning story there. What else is on your radar, Emily? Did y'all hear about the ship that got stuck in the canal? Yes. <laughs> I think it finally got unstuck. I'm not sure. No, it didn't. It did not? They, okay. They started to float it again, but... You know, this is really going to cause a problem because, you know, all the stuff that I buy on Amazon made from China is now all backed up there in the Suez Canal. How long am I expected to wait for all of my cheap plastic stuff? I don't know, Joe. I'm it so sorry. It seems totally unreasonable. I know. Our lives are so hard. But um, <laughs> the, it's, it's all, the, all the articles that are coming out of this are just talking about, like, the immense damage that this is. It's just wreaking havoc on our economy, on the world economy. Yes. And for me, it just kind of came as a reminder of how fragile our society truly is. Like one ship stuck in a canal in Egypt can turn the whole world on its head. So for me, just a reminder um, not to rely on the, on the world, on the materialism, um, but to remember how fragile it is and to remember that we are pilgrims here. Yeah, for and sure. And we can't rely on this world at all. Now back, in, um, <clears throat> back many moons ago, before I went full-time in Catholic Apostle at work, I was an international logistics manager, so I used to rent boats and planes and trains and warehouses and trucks and all that stuff. And there was a time when there was a strike, a longshoreman strike over on the West Coast, and we had uh, boats just like that stacked full of all of our favorite products from China sitting in the harbors in Long Beach and, and uh, up in Tacoma, Washington for literally months waiting for that stuff to get through. Uh, for this strike to be resolved. It was literally insane. So these things do happen, and I think it should remind us of total detachment from the material world. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my wife and I just finished Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence over the weekend, and, um, you know, this was the, like the, 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 final, the final thrust of this book was to let it all go. It's God's good pleasure to give you things, but if you're not asking first and foremost for His will and His divine life, then nothing else matters. And if you do ask for his will and his divine life, it is his good pleasure to give you the other stuff as well. Um, let's let go. Let go of the world around us. And easier said than done, but Gabriel Castillo is going to tell us how to do that in the guest segment, which is coming up after this very short break. And the breaking news is all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful, or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Monday, March 29th, and these are your headlines for today. The Diocese of Providence is opposing a bill that would allow survivors of child sex abuse to sue institutions which they claim enabled their abuse. In 2019, Rhode Island passed Annie's Law, which extended the statute of limitations in child sex abuse cases up to 35 years after the survivor's 18th birthday. The law also allowed for adults to sue up to seven years after they rediscovered childhood sexual abuse, such as through therapy sessions. Judge Nettie Vogel ruled in 2020 that the law did not include institutions as responsible for abuse. Thus, after three men who claimed abuse by priests sued the Diocese of Providence, Judge Vogel threw out the lawsuits. The sponsor of Annie's Law has now proposed an amendment allowing survivors to sue not only the perpetrators of their abuse, but also the institutions they believe enabled the abuse. A letter signed by 25 Republican senators is demanding an investigation into Planned Parenthood affiliates illegally accessing emergency small business loans. The letter requests an investigation concerning how affiliates of Planned Parenthood, a national organization which has nearly $2 billion in assets and over 16,000 employees nationwide, are continually able to obtain loans through the Paycheck Protection Program when Small Business Administration rules and guidance has made it clear that they are ineligible for such funds. The Paycheck Protection Program was set up under the CARES Act to provide emergency loans to small businesses and eligible nonprofits to keep employees on payroll during the pandemic. Planned Parenthood was supposed to be ineligible for the loans, which were specifically targeted for smaller employers with 500 or fewer employees. According to the Senator's letter, however, 38 Planned Parenthood affiliates have received over $83 million in PPP loans. China has begun blacklisting U.S. companies that stopped sourcing materials from Xinjiang over concerns about forced labor and human rights abuses in the region, the Wall Street Journal reported on Thursday. In response, a commissioner in the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, Nuri Turkle, told Catholic News Agency that companies have a moral and legal duty to ensure that their supply chains in China are not tainted by Uyghur forced labor. The Swedish clothing retailer H&M was no longer appearing on popular Chinese apps on Wednesday, months after the company announced it would no longer source from Xinjiang, a major global source of cotton. Earlier this week, the United States was joined by Canada, the United Kingdom, and the European Union in sanctioning Chinese officials for human rights abuses committed in Xinjiang against the Uyghurs. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. For all those hanging out with us on a live video stream, God bless you and God love you. Thank you for commenting and sharing and liking. It really means a lot to us, and we're very glad you're here. We're going to be bringing back our after-show segment today in the last half of the second hour. 
if you're able to join us, the listener gets to drive that conversation. So we're hopefully uh, we're looking forward to uh, conversating with you in that segment. Also, speaking of the second hour, guess what else is coming back today and all week is our Fear and Trembling Game Show. It's a Catholic trivia game show where we give out prizes as well. And this week, Someday Catholic Saints dot. No, forgive me. SomedaySaints.com is the sponsor. SomedaySaints.com is our sponsor. And if you can join us in, this, in the first half of the second hour, you could be a contestant and uh, you can tune in or go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find the details there. But joining us live in the studio today, returning to the program, is Gabriel Castillo. Good morning to you, Gabe. Good morning, sir. It's a great joy to be here with you. Praise be to God. Gabby, After Hours YouTube channel, True Faith Taught TV, there's a ton of stuff. We've, we love having you on. Uh, the Seven Sorrows of Mary and Preparing for Holy Week. Are you ready for Holy Week? No, I'm not ready, and I don't think I'll ever be as ready as I should be, especially when I'm yeah. looking at Our Lady in light of all of this. Yeah, for sure. So we thought it'd be great to do one last opportunity to help us get ourselves prepared for the biggest and greatest feast day in our calendar. What? Tell us about the Seven Sorrows of Mary. What is the Seven Sorrows of Mary? I know there's big promises that come with yes. it. Tell us all about it. So first and foremost, I'm, I'm very fond of saying that, and many saints are, and many people say this, the quickest, shortest, easiest, best, most efficient, most secure way to Jesus Christ is through Mary. And the heart of all of that is the heart of the Virgin Mary. So Mary loved Jesus perfectly because she was immaculate, because she got all these graces and preparations from God for her soul. And so she loved Jesus perfectly from a natural perspective because that was her son. So because that's her son, she automatically loves him more than any other person who's ever lived. But then at the same time, that's her God. And God had prepared her that somebody on this earth would appreciate Jesus Christ perfectly. Mm. We don't appreciate his sufferings the way we should because our hearts are are constantly self-seeking, full of self-love. And so our lady's soul truly does magnify the Lord. If you want to get at the heart of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, what he did for us throughout his passion, the best way to look at him is with the eyes and the heart of the Virgin Mary. And the saints are unanimous. A lot of the things I'm going to say might sound a little bit, uh, extreme, but I can assure you they're all said by the saints, saints such as St. Bernard, St. Bernadine, St. Anselm, St. Alphonsus Liguari, St. Bridget. So I'm getting a lot of this information from the wonderful book, The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus. And throughout it, sorrow after sorrow, he keeps reemphasizing that all of the saints say that it was a grace from God that the Virgin Mary did not die from sorrow. Mm. That if you were to take the sorrow that the Virgin Mary experienced just throughout her entire life, mm-hmm. and you spread it up out upon every man that's ever lived, every single one of them combined would have died instantaneously wow. from the sorrow. A lot of times we think of the Virgin Mary as having this perfect life. God appeared to her. She gets to have the Savior of the world, but her entire life was marked by sorrow. Oh, but, you know, that's a great point. I think a lot of us Catholics, they'll say, yeah, 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 gay, but you know, she was perfect. I'm not perfect. And they even, I've even heard Catholics say that about Jesus too, as if because they were perfect, they were incapable of sinning. And I always say, well, no, they had the ability to sin. They were as tempted. They chose not to, yeah. unlike you and me. Yeah. And, and we also forget that 
Christ chose suffering because that is something that we all have. And so it's fitting that the model of Christians would be the model of suffering, which is Our Lady. And St. John of the Cross often said that suffering endears men to Christ. So if suffering is what's going to make us love Christ and turn to him more, Our Lady, who is perfect, had to suffer perfectly. Mm. So she has a heart that if we could only enter into it. So a lot of times we pick up a lot of devotions and a lot of activities that we can be doing, and sometimes they distract us from really what's at at hand, what's at the core of the gospel, what's at the heart of the gospel, Mm -hmm. and we see that most perfectly through the heart of the Virgin Mary. And so there's a devotion to the seven sorrows, and why the number seven? Did she suffer more than seven times? Yes, she suffered thousands of times, and she they say that she suffers still today. But the number seven specifically, because that's a perfect number, to kind of represent that Our Lady suffered perfectly. And her first sword in her heart, so to speak, was the one that the uh, prophet Simeon prophesied, that a sword will pierce your heart, that your son will be a stumbling block for many. Our Lady already knew or had the idea that her son was going to be, you know, crucified that he was going to die because she was wiser than all of the prophets. She had a great understanding of sacred scripture. She was illumined by the Holy Spirit. And so although she already knew this, when the prophet Simeon proclaimed this, in in a mystical way, it was like already now that sword is jabbed in her heart and everything that she saw, everything that her son did, taking his first steps, hearing his first words, everything that she experienced that normally would be moments of joy Mm. were from this point on tinged with sorrow. It's kind of like if a a parent knew all of the sufferings that their child was going to experience, like thank God we don't know the things that our kids are going to go through throughout their lives because we wouldn't be able to sleep at night thinking about these these trials and sufferings. Mm. But Our Lady was graced and at the same time was burdened with this knowledge of the depths of the sorrow of her son and every time she looked at his face, whenever she wiped a tear away, whenever she wiped sweat off his brow, she was was also contemplating the suffering that he was going to experience. The second sorrow of Our Lady, and this is, and I'm going to give you some tips on how to remember these. So the first sorrow is that one sword that Simeon prophesied that a sword will pierce your heart, so the thoughts of many might be revealed. The second sorrow, I think of it as kind of a double sorrow, is that the flight into Egypt and then the massacring of the innocents. So I, I tie the two together as a way to remember that there's two. Mm. So the idea that the savior of the world who come who came to save humanity was already going to be rejected by humanity as an infant just freshly out of the womb and they're already trying to kill him and not only that that he came to save the jews and he's being run out of his home country to go to instead of being being able to go to the temple and be, go to the synagogue he's being run off to egypt so he can be in the presence of demons and all their false gods he had to travel by foot our lady's probably only 15 years old traveling across the desert in ways and paths that aren't well-worn, that don't have hotels, that she's taking this arduous journey throughout the night, all because the love of her son is being rejected from such a young age. He didn't come to steal anybody's throne. He didn't come to harm anybody. Mm. He came to love, and already he's being rejected. And so the heart of a mother that's already seeing that her son's only mission in life is being rejected by men, the sorrow is unimaginable. But at the very least, she still had him in her, in her arms. She had the consolation, like we go through suffering, but we have the consolation and the peace of soul of having Jesus with us. The third sorrow of Our Lady is extremely tragic. Again, this is where many of the saints would say that if we could experience the depths of her sorrow in this third sorrow, we would die. Yes. 
All right, you got to hold that thought. That yeah. music means we have to go to a short break. Gabriel Castillo is our guest. Gabby After Hours on YouTube and uh, My Catholic Faith. Uh, what is it? TrueFaith.tv. TrueFaith.tv. But uh, anyway, he's going to be back right after this very short break to continue the seven sorrows of Our Lady in preparation for Holy Week. So a lot more still to come. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes with the world's greatest teacher, would you take it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. If you said yes, you're in luck. Go take out your Bible, and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God. Who is a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit? In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day, and it's free. Second Timothy tells us all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? For your free copy of the Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, What holds us back from turning to it each day? Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's great to be back on with you. Next hour is regular. Our regularly scheduled second hour is happening in 15 minutes from now. Hopefully you can join us for that. The game show is back on the... On the agenda, the uh, after show is back on the agenda, and you get to be a big part of that. So stick around for that if you can. You can always go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT if you're looking for links uh, for how to live stream the show. At any rate, uh, Gabriel Castillo is back on our program today talking about the seven sorrows of Mary and uh, and how this can help us prepare for Holy Week. Gabriel, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. So we were last talking about the third sorrow of the Virgin Mary, and that is easy to remember because if you pray the sorrowful mysteries, that's the, no, I'm sorry, if you pray the joyful mysteries, this is, no, I don't, I don't remember. The third sorrowful mystery, the third sorrow of Our Lady, sorry, I had a brain yeah. fart. The, <laughs> the way to remember it is that Jesus was lost for three days. Yeah. And parents can kind of have some idea of what she experienced mm-hmm. because you can imagine the anxiety and the fear and the desperation if you lost your child mm-hmm. and you lost him for three days. But more so for Our Lady, she had this sense that maybe she wasn't worthy. Like, I failed God. I I was entrusted with the Savior of the world. So not only did she lose her son, but she, in a way, kind of sensed that she lost her mission to lose the Savior of the world. Did Did she ruin God's plan? Was she not worthy to carry forth God's plan? And in a way, this gives all of us hope because... She had an idea that she was gonna gonna get him back, but we too can find our Lord in the temple, in in our souls when we when we seek God earnestly. We should have you back and just just talk about that one point. I could spend literally hours discussing that one point, um, but we can't. We don't have time for that right now. So keep going. 
And then, so the fourth, the fourth sorrow is easy to remember because it's the fourth sorrow when you're praying the sorrowful mysteries, and mm-hmm. that is Jesus carrying of the cross. Now you have to imagine that Our Lady had not seen her son getting scourged at the pillar. She's seeing him for the first time after his passion has begun. Yeah. So she can barely recognize him. Mm-hmm. Imagine she sees Jesus fine at the Last Supper. They take him off, and now on the way of the cross, he looks like a leper, covered from head to toe in sores, mm-hmm. a crown of thorns. People are mocking him. People are beating him. And then, if you want to meditate upon what, how her heart must have sunk into her stomach when she saw her Savior, her Son, whom she put diapers on, now being ridiculed and bandied about throughout the streets, and then the sorrow that she saw. In his eyes, to see his own mother suffering so greatly at at what is happening to him. So all of this sorrow tinged with a sense of fulfillment, like this is what he came to do. Mm -hmm. So it's a weird combination of emotions that Our Lady must be experiencing. You know, one of the points I like to point out about Our Lady is uh, she experienced all of the anxiety, the fear, all of the temptations. But unlike me, who with my concupiscent nature... Um, born in sin, uh, I she didn't react to those same things the way I would react. She reacted in a way uh, far with far greater virtue and holy sanctity than I tend to. When like if I blow a flat tire, I immediately begin to worry about how am I going to afford this new flat tire. You know, you see what I'm saying? It's yes. Like, I think it's a point that we should emphasize about Our Lady. It's not as though she didn't experience all of these uh, terrible emotions and temptations. It's that she didn't give herself into despair. She always. Accepted Accepted God's will for whatever it was. And that's what's so beautiful about this devotion is because you're looking, you're, you're finally being able to look at all of these actions with the purest of hearts. Mm. And, and it really is like, wow, if my, if my intentions were clear and I wasn't, you know, looking for my own self-interest, this is what I would be seeing. And the fifth sorrow of the Virgin Mary is the fifth mystery in the Most Holy Rosary, which is the crucifixion and death of our Lord. And the saints say that Our Lady stood there dying, yet she wasn't allowed to die. Yeah. She, everything that happened to Jesus Christ physically, she was experiencing in an excruciating way in her heart. And this is really where it, it's, it is finished, that the sword, Fulton Sheen, I believe, says that on that day, Two hearts were pierced with a single lance. Mm. And so you can imagine the sorrow. There's no human words that can express because we can't see it perfectly. But seeing the Savior of the world lifted up, being mocked, ridiculed, still rejected. So few people who have even an appre- – all of his apostles are gone. His entire life's work looks like it's wasted. There's only one apostle there. And the mother who stood by the cross. A lot of times I don't like looking at religious art that shows Our Lady, you know, fainting or on the ground. Our Lady stood by the cross because yeah. she, she had a sense of her own mission to be there for her son. And some of the saints say that our Lord had such a great sorrow having to look down at his mother suffering so much because we forget. So we go to the Virgin Mary because she's the perfect daughter of God the Father, because she's this perfect spouse of the Holy Spirit, because she's the perfect mother to Jesus Christ. And so they loved her absolutely perfectly. Mm. The sixth sorrow of the Blessed Virgin Mary is having having him taken down from the cross and laid in her arms. And you can only imagine the shock that when you see a dead body for the first time, it's kind of shocking. It's very disorienting Mm -hmm. because they're no longer there. And so here for the first time in human history, in the only time in human history, you have the body of Christ without the real presence. So Our Lady is holding her son, but he's not there anymore. 
And so she's clinging to him and she's clutching him. And all these memories are going going on in her mind. And just the utter, I, I like to contemplate the utter shock of holding the body of Christ with no Christ inside. Mm. The, the seventh sorrow of the Virgin Mary is putting him in the tomb. Now, you can, if you've been to a funeral, you know that sense when the body is lowered into the ground and they put the dirt on top of it. And you're like, this is it. It's done. There's no more. And so Our Lady had a similar experience where the, the stone is being rolled back and she envies the stone because at least the stone can keep watch over, over his body. Wow. But she, she knows in her heart because her son filled her in on the whole story. So it's a sadness, it's a sorrow that she will experience, that she will meditate on for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Every activity the saints say, for the rest of her life, she's going to be contemplating this because our Lord deserves somebody to be meditating upon his passion day and night in every aspect of his life. But at the same time, she knows that all of this suffering was not wasted, that it was for the salvation of our souls. And there's a story of a Jesuit in the, or that the Jesuits tell in the glories of Mary, where a young man who every day would go and look at an image of the seven sorrows of Our Lady. And one night he was going to go and commit a mortal sin, and he actually committed a mortal sin. And the next day he looked at the image of the seven sorrows, and what happened? She had an eighth sword through her heart. And she said, you did this to me when you sinned, when you turned against me. So there's a couple of ways to have this devotion. There's not one way to do this right. So the easiest way is to simply pray seven Hail Marys, one in honor of each of the seven sorrows of Mary. If you want your seven Hail Marys, if you want your Hail Marys to go a long way, just think for a moment upon each one of these seven sorrows. Yeah, you'll have to have a card or a little note to remind you of what these sorrows are at first, but this is an efficient way, only three minutes to really shoot an arrow towards heaven. Because yes, God loves when we go to our mother and she'll intercede for us, but how much more is he gonna love that you're consoling her heart, keeping her company at the foot of the cross, keeping her company in all these sorrowful moments. Another way to have this devotion is by praying the Seven Sorrows Rosary, also known as the Servite Rosary. Long story short, it's the same thing, except you take rosary beads, or you could use your fingers, or you could make whatever device you want, and you're praying seven Hail Marys at each of the seven sorrows, when our Father and seven Hail Marys at each of the seven sorrows. I like that devotion. There's a lot of benefits to this. So one of the benefits is you'll be enlightened about the divine mysteries. Why? Because you're meditating upon sacred scripture, because you're meditating upon the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you're meditating upon the suffering of Our Lady, all of the things that God the Father looks upon with the most favor and the most love. So by meditating upon these things, the Holy Spirit is going to enlighten your mind. Also, this is extraordinarily catechetical. If you have young children, praying seven Hail Marys with them is reasonable, Mm. and it goes through the the most important aspects of the life of Jesus Christ, so very powerful devotion. It's powerful in supplication for the reasons I just mentioned. You're asking our Lord for something. There's nothing greater than you can, that you could offer him is the passion of Jesus Christ. Also, in light of the most pure love of Our Lady, if you're suffering from diabolical attacks, if you're suffering from temptations towards lust, if you're suffering from temptations towards drug addiction, there is nothing that the devil hates more than the blood of Jesus Christ and the tears of the Virgin Mary. Mm. Meditate upon her sorrows. Meditate upon his passion. The two of them together, the, the, this is what conquered hell and death. So this devotion, very, very powerful. Also, I find that it offers me the grace of conversion and repentance. Sometimes I'll be lax in praying my rosaries, but when I'm meditating upon the seven sorrows, I find myself 
naturally forcing myself to be reverent when I don't want to be because this is such a sensitive topic for the Virgin Mary. If I'm not on my knees, I get on my knees just because of the sense of guilt. How can I think of something so intrinsically hard for the Virgin Mary's heart? The sorrow, of, the heart, the heart of Mary is intrinsic to sorrow. It is wounded permanently and it is wounded eternally. How could I not get get on my knees and and just kind of have a sense of sorrow alongside Our Lady? So. In short, this provides intimacy with the Virgin Mary. And, and there's a, an apparition that happened in Africa, which we recognize as a Rwandan genocide. Most mm. people have heard of the Rwandan genocide. Well, Our Lady appeared in 1981 to some young people and warned them that if they did not repent of their sins, and especially by praying the, the Servite Rosary, the Rosary of Our Lady of Sorrows, that a great evil was going to happen and she gave all these people a vision of a river that was covered in blood and that there was dead bodies and that there was war and there was chaos and they obviously did not you know conform to our lady's warning and so we have this massive tragedy that happened in africa that many people um will never forget and it's never going to be erased from the minds of people but they go hand in hand with the warning of our lady fatima didn't yes. isn't that what our lady of fatima told the children yeah. you know instead of uh, tanks planes and nuclear bombs get on your knees and pray do acts of reparation and mortifications and penance uh it's the secret weapon uh, yes. You know, in the spiritual world and in the material world is uh, prayer, fasting, and penance. And this week we have an opportunity. Yes. Uh, Gabriel Castillo, thanks for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Praise be to God. The challenge to uh, pray the seven sorrows uh, of Our Lady this week. Maybe we can all do that. Uh, it, it's a big challenge, but maybe we can step up and do the seven sorrow challenge this week. I yes. wonder who's in. Are you in? If you're hanging out with us on live video, comment hashtag seven sorrow challenge and let us know you're going to be in on that. I know uh, we're going to be uh, taking up the task. Gabriel Castillo, we'd love to have you back soon. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great day. Thanks God so. bless you. That's going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Our number two is fast approaching. Coming up in only just a few minutes from now, we would love to have you. Our game show is back on the agenda, plus the after show, breaking news and stories, and so much more still headed your way. And if you can join us, great. If you can't, we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. If you need the links, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible clearly says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but the Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How can that be? Mark 6 verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Point number one to consider. There is no word for cousin or for nephew or for niece, aunt, uncle in ancient Hebrew or Aramaic. The words that the Jews used in all those instances were brother or sister. An example of this can be seen in Genesis 14, 14, where Lot, 
Philip, who was Abraham's nephew, is called his brother. Another point to consider, would the last thing that Jesus did on earth be to grievously offend his surviving brothers? Right before Jesus dies, John 19 tells us that Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to the apostle John. If Mary had any other sons, this would have been an incredible slap in the face to them that the apostle John was entrusted with the care of their mother. Also, we see from Matthew 27, 55, and 56 that the James and Josephs mentioned in Mark 6 as the brothers of Jesus are actually the sons of another Mary. And one other passage to consider, Acts 1, verses 14 to 15, speaks of a company of about 120 persons that consist of the apostles, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, let's see. There were 11 apostles at the time. Jesus' mother makes 12. The women, probably the same three women mentioned at the crucifixion in Matthew 27, but let's say it was maybe a dozen or two, just for argument's sake. That puts us up to 30 or 40 or so. So that leaves the number of Jesus' brothers at about 80 or 90, according to this scripture passage. Do you think Mary had 80 or 90 children? She would have been in perpetual labor. No, scripture does not contradict the teaching of the Catholic Church about the brothers of Jesus when scripture is interpreted in proper context. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. You survived the weekend. God is so very good. Hey, by the way, I kind of start off by saying thank you to everyone who donated to the Guadalupe Radio Network last week. Praise be to God for your incredible generosity. Your yes makes it possible for the Guadalupe Radio Network to get up today to uh, keep the lights on, the doors open, and Catholic radio waves flowing into your backyard and beyond. Praise be to God. In fact, your generous support uh, during last week's share helps the Catholic Drive Time team to continue our apostolate, which airs not just on the GRN, but beyond the Station of the Cross and across the world. In fact, I had a listener chime in this morning. She said she was from Kentucky. Praise be to God. It's so good to see our listeners from around the world. I know 93 hanging out with us on YouTube is from Canada. We've had people from Spain and Africa and, and, and other parts. And we're just so very grateful for the generosity of our listeners who make that possible. So God love you and thank you for that. But to today on the program, our second hour is back on track in the normal hour. And we are bringing back the game show this uh, coming up here in just a little while, we'll have our Fear and Trembling game show with new prizes now. So we will give out prizes this week. And then, of course, in the second half of this hour, we have our after show 
where we go off the radio, stay on social media, and let you, our listeners and viewers, drive that conversation. So whatever's on your heart, you get to be the driver of that by commenting, and we're going to interact with you when we get there. Of course, we're going to have breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day as well. Lots to get into this hour, and the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. I think it looks like we're going to be praying the Seven Sorrows Rosary this week. <laughs> we are. The Seven Sorrows Challenge has been laid down. Hashtag Seven Sorrows Challenge. We need a guy with a, a movie voice in a world lost in sin. The Seven Sorrows Challenge. What do you say, Adrian? Speaking of big, mo- booming movie voices, Adrian Fonseca's here. Good morning. Good morning. We need, does, that, does that count? We need, to get, uh, <laughs> we need to get Mike Romano to get up early and be a part of the show so that whenever we need a movie guy voice. We just have him do different sound effects for us. You just uh, uh, on, the, on the fly, available at all times to provide that, that level of awesome. But, uh, well, I have, I have bad news, Joe. Oh, no. The bad news is that the end of the show, uh, the after show, will have to be cut short. The good news is the reason why it's being cut short is intersections with Bree Dale right. and Joey Mignot will be airing at 8 a.m. today. So Praise pretty exciting. Guy. Oh, can you just step aside for a second, Adrian? Look, I'll put, it, put you back on camera. If you're joining us on the radio, we have a beautiful, like, four-foot-tall four, four statue of St. Michael the Archangel uh, standing on top of the devil, piercing him with, with a, a lance, courtesy of friend of the show, Jesus Robles. It is a beautiful statue, and blessed by uh, a priest, a friend of ours of the show, too. So uh, we're very grateful to have that. And I'm, I've been told, Adrian, that we're going to be getting the crucified Jesus uh, from Jesus as well to for display here in the the GRN studio in Houston, and we'll bring that to you live on Catholic Drive Time soon. So that's uh, very exciting. All right, let's pray for whatever your intentions are, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever your needs are. We're going to ask Our Lady, uh, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for you, praying for us as well, for our, our radio apostolate, for our personal intentions, and especially as we prepare to go to the foot of the cross, there alongside her to look up at her son dying for the souls of the world. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. A Catholic priest in Nigeria is now in recovery after a week-long kidnapping ordeal. Father Harrison Egwuenu, a priest of the Diocese of Wari in Delta State, was freed on March 21st. Egwenu was kidnapped on March 15th as he was returning to St. George's College, Obinomba, where he was recently appointed principal. Father Benedict Okutegbe, administrator of Sacred Heart Cathedral in the city of Wari, said in an interview, We're grateful to God for the safe release of Father Harrison Egwenu. He is doing okay. Of course, he needs time to overcome the traumatic experience. Nigeria's Catholic bishops have repeatedly called on the government to put in place strict measures to protect its population. In the 2021 NCAA Men's Division I basketball tournament, one quarter of the 16 remaining teams are Catholic schools, three of them Jesuit. Gonzaga University, Villanova University, Creighton University, and Loyola University Chicago have all reached the round of 16 and are vying for a national championship. 
Since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, only twice before had so many Catholic schools made it to the Sweet 16. Leading the pack of Catholic schools in 2021 is Gonzaga, undefeated and having run wire-to-wire as AP's top-ranked team. Meanwhile, Creighton University is in the round of 16 for the first time since 1974, while Loyola Chicago returns after its Final Four run in 2018. And Pope Francis offered Mass on Palm Sunday for a restricted congregation of about 120 people. In his homily, the Holy Father said, quote, This is the amazing thing, to see the Almighty reduced to nothing, to see the Word who knows all things teach us in silence from the height of the cross, to see the King of Kings enthroned on a gibbet, seeing the God of the universe stripped of everything and crowned with thorns instead of glory, to see the one who is goodness personified, insulted, and beaten. The Pope will offer Easter Sunday Mass at 10 a.m. on Sunday, after which he will offer the traditional Urbi et Orbi blessing. Concluding his Palm Sunday homily, Pope Francis also added, Let us be filled with that amazement as we gaze upon the crucified Lord. May we too say, You are truly the Son of God. You are my God. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ. I failed to mention that that was the good news segment, by the way. We have uh, a good news segment now, thanks to Emily, for the past, I guess, week or so. And uh, I'm very grateful for the good news that we also hear, along with the uh, crazy news that we also have to share with you. But at any rate, St. Ludolf of Ratzburg, pray for us. He was born in the 13th century. He was in Norbertine, Canada, the Cathedral of Ratzburg. He was obviously ordained a Catholic priest, a noted preacher, by the way. And he became the Bishop of Ratzburg in 1230. But he was imprisoned and severely beaten and then eventually exiled by Duke Albert of Urso. Uh, he was the he was from Saxony there, defending the, the St. Ludolf was trying to defend the cathedral and prevent the Duke from taking it from him, taking the property of the church. And for that, he was beaten and imprisoned, and eventually he made his way to see Duke John of Mecklenburg, who was going to protect him. But by that point, the injuries that St. Ludolf had uh, received were so bad that he would die from them. In fact, he would die on the 29th of March, 1255, and is considered a martyr for the faith. His body is buried in the Cathedral of Ratzburg. He was canonized in the 14th century. St. Ludolf of Ratzburg, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served while Lazarus was one of those reclining at table with him. Mary took a litter of costly perfumed oil made from genuine aromatic nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then Judas the Iscariot, one of his disciples, and the one who would betray him, said, Why was this oil not sold for three hundred days' wages and given to the poor? He said, He said this not because he had cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and held the money bag and used to steal the contributions. So Jesus said, Leave her alone. Let her keep this for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, 
but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews found out that he was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And the chief priests plotted to kill Lazarus too, because many of the Jews were turning away and believing in Jesus because of him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Adrian, you didn't have a chance last hour to comment on this. So I'm going to give you the give you the floor. But I just want to mention the game show's coming up, so be prepared for the number because we're looking for our first caller. But uh, Adrian, what do you have today? Yes, uh, one of my favorite passages is this one, uh, and the reason why was is because of what happens here with Judas. Uh, obviously, what happens here with Judas is incredibly sad, but the reason why it's my favorite is because it really gets to a truth that is being attacked today in the church. This passage is, uh, is used by Fulton Sheen in order to combat the idea that the church has too much money, has too much good things. And so the church gets attacked for opposite reasons. And this is uh, presently seen when we see things like, oh, why doesn't the church sell all of its golden uh, chalices and the like in order to give the money to the poor? In the same breath, the church will be attacked for uh, being too impoverished. Uh, uh, so we have to see these things. And what is the point of riches? The point of riches is to glorify God. So you look at the Franciscans back when the Franciscans uh, were booming order across the world. Uh, the Franciscans would sleep on the floor. They would sleep on the floor. They would not wear shoes. They'd walk barefoot, but they had the most beautiful vestments and the beautiful churches. And they'd say mass there. Why is that? Well, the reason is because they, it was give the greatest glory to God for me, nothing, but for God, everything. And that was a the mentality there. Now, Fulton Sheen, refers to uh saint to uh to Judas as the patron saint of social justice. Now why is this? He says because he says quote, what our lord says to Judas, he says to the world today, you seemingly are very interested in social justice. Why are you not concerned about individual justice? You love your neighbor. Why do you not love God? This is the attitude of the world today. Now this is exactly what uh what Fulton Sheen is trying to get at. Whenever you you have to love people and you have to love God. You can't love humanity. You have to love human beings. Uh, see that we have this mentality that, oh yes, it's for humanity, but are we loving our neighbor and are we loving God? It is only in loving God first that we can love our neighbor. So it is a good thing to give God glory. It is a good thing to give him the best that we could have. That's why we see throughout the Old Testament, a Holocaust offering to God. What is a Holocaust offering? It is whenever you give to God all of the animal. When you burn up the entirety of the animal and offer all of it to God, because otherwise you would give, oh, I'm going to give him the fat to God. I'll give the leg to God. I'll give the head to God, whatever it is. But no, for a Holocaust offering, you give it all to God. And so too, we are called to give it all to God. All of our wealth, all of our riches, all of the good things we have in our life, we're called to give it to God and not be like Judas, who even though he said he wanted to do it for the poor, he wanted it for himself. And so often, this is the mentality that we see today. And so, uh, to conclude, Fulton Sheen says, Judas is the patron saint of those who divide that universal law of God. Love God and love neighbor. So, that, I think that's what I, I think would be important for us to take away from today. Amen. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, what a gospel passage. Now, don't forget, every Thursday, I send an email to our email list of uh, Catholic Drive Time fans, where we as a team reflect on the Sunday Gospels. And so we will be sending you our reflection of uh, Palm Sunday 
And uh, well, hopefully you're on the list. We use all of our commentaries, the Catholic Ignatius Study Bible. We use Cornelius Alapide, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, the early church fathers. Uh, Emily pulls from the Greek a lot of times. So there's a lot of great information that we like to share with you. And you can get that free, no problem. Just be on our email list. We send it to your inbox every Thursday, uh, usually afternoon, but sometimes evening. And you can find that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt or you can text to join simply text the letters grn to the number 42828 that's text grn to the number 42828 all right now guess what's coming next fear and trembling catholic trivia is back and you could win all we need is a first caller could be you do you want to be on the game show you don't even need to know the answers to the questions here's the number 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 call right now are there any basic rules for doing apologetics first peter 315 says always be prepared to make a defense always be prepared scripture tells us how can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith rule number one pray pray to the holy spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably rule number two you don't have to know everything right now learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day read scripture read the catechism listen to apologetics tapes listen to catholic radio learn a little bit at a time rule number three luke 5 verse 10 do not be afraid henceforth you will be catching men jesus said this to peter but he's also saying it to us will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others yes of course you will but peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots yet jesus told peter not to be afraid why because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others to share jesus christ with others then jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes rule number four always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity an opportunity to share the truth rule number five don't get frustrated catholics often get frustrated by what i call the doctrinal dance you get asked about purgatory mary the pope sacraments all in rapid fire succession before you can answer one question you're asked another then another just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say then move on rule number six never be afraid to say i don't know when asked a question about your faith don't try to wing it however always follow i don't know with but i will find out and get back to you and make sure you do a beacon of truth in a troubled world this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul Welcome to another round of fear and trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. Feels good to be back, actually. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, it's just great to be back and have the opportunity to play this game and to give out prizes. Oh, I just love it. Praise be to God. All right. So here's the deal. 
If you're just joining us and you're like, what in the world is going on with my Catholic radio? So this is Fear and Trembling. It is a Catholic trivia game show. And we here on the team have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't tell anybody I said this. But uh, part of our agenda is to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something new. The questions can be somewhat challenging sometimes. But here's the kicker. You don't even need to know the answers because I will not ask you, the caller. Instead, I will ask Emily. I will ask Adrian. One of them will have a right answer. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to choose. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. So this week's sponsor is Someday Saints, which is a shop that is owned by Gina. Um, now, Gina makes all kinds of stuff, particularly uh, posts, um, cards, and stickers on her website. But this week, she's actually giving away a prize that is the winner's choice. You can get um, a sticker bundle from SomedaySaints.com, or you can choose the Children's Adoration Journal, which she desi- designed for her own Someday Saints, her children. Um, and so this is a adoration journal that is designed to che- teach children how to pray. It's got um, activities and definitions, learning, and also coloring pages in it. So uh, winner's choice this week from SomedaySaints.com. I think I just figured out why I'm so happy to be back. Because uh, last week you was you guys trying to ask me questions, and uh, now I get to ask you the questions again. I think all is right in the universe, finally. Praise <laughs> be to God. Let's go to the phones. I want to thank everybody who tried to call in and be a part of our game show today. God love you. If you didn't get in, you can always try again tomorrow. We're, we have new opportunities all week long, and uh, praise be to God for it. But let's go to Emilio. Good morning to you. Thank you for being a part of our show. Thanks for having me. Emilio, where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. Praise be to God. Emilio, are you from San Antonio? Yes, sir. Born and raised. Where did you go to high school? Alamo Heights High School, sir. I am so sorry. Were you not aware that Judson High School existed at the time? I mean, maybe you just didn't know. I'm so sorry. Alamo Heights was the only high school in San Antonio. (laughs) Living in the bubble. Uh well it's uh, I don't know maybe someday you'll get a football team who knows but anyway what uh, what oh. <laughs> what church do you go to there Emilio Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church Well praise God for that that's a beautiful church we're glad you're here have, now have you are you familiar with how the game is played do you know the rules Yes sir All right so you know that you can't trust Emily or Adrian you have to keep a careful ear out because they might just trip you up. But let's uh, let's play. We'll go to Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Absolutely. Emily, can you tell me, when it comes to the Holy Mass, which part comes first? Does the consecration come first or the doxology? Um, I'm gonna, I think it's the doxology. I'm going to go with that one. Your answer is doxology. Okay, yes. let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, when it comes to the parts of the Holy Mass, which part comes first, the consecration or the doxology? Uh, let's see. That would be the consecration. I mean, I guess it's a 50-50 chance for everybody here. Okay, but you, you're pretty confident it's, you think it's the consecration. I'm going to go with consecration. All right, let's just see here. Adrian is on the hook for consecration. Emily is on the hook for doxology. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Emilio, what say you? 
I am going to go with Emily. Are you sure? <laughs> Not too sure, but I'll go. I'll, I'll Survey says. I'm oh. so sorry, Amelia. Oh. It was oh, 50-50. You had to make. You had to take your shot. But in I'm fact, sorry. the consecration <laughs> does come before the doxology. Pop quiz, Adrian. What is a doxology? Well, a doxology is the uh, is the in ipsum et in ipsum et cum ipsum uh, that said in God the uh, after the consecration. The consecration is the hoc est in corpus meum. So the the fracturing of the host is what where the doxology is happening. Uh, all right. It was a tricky question, but uh, you gave it your best, Amelia. But you still have two more chances, and I want to say they get a little easier from here. Let's go with Adrian on the next question. Adrian, can you tell me, the church militant refers to members of the Catholic Church residing where? The term church militant refers to members of the church residing where? Uh, Let's see. Yes, I can give you an answer to that. Uh, I'm going to go with Earth. Earth. Those residing on Earth. Okay. Uh, Emily, what say you? Uh, Emily, can you tell me the term church militant, it refers to members of the church, but residing where? Well, uh, I'm going to say heaven, you know, like the saints. Okay. Yeah. The, The saints in heaven are militant? Uh, that's what I'm going to go uh, with. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, okay. So Emily is on the hook for heaven, and Adrian is on the hook for earth. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you, Emilio? I go with Adrian on earth. Survey says... Well there we done. Go. There you go. Well done. You were not fooled that time. I thought uh, Emily was going to say Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> she was going to say Detroit. That would have been a fun curveball to throw. Uh, but in fact, uh, Earth is the church militant, and Heaven is the church triumphant. triumphant. So well done, Emilio. Praise God. You're in the coffee cup. How do you feel? I feel okay. I'm so glad I got, at least got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll, this last one, I, I have to believe it's super easy. We'll see. We'll just see. Oh, don't tell me that. I don't know. Me. It's a, it's a <laughs> trick. Trust me. You're being you have to so get it right now. Familiar. You don't have buy to buy it. Secretly, okay. it's Joe that you can't trust. <laughs> don't, don't tell us your hidden agenda. Don't tell him that. All right. Yeah, Emily, back with you. Emily, okay, here okay. we go. I'm ready. Uh, what milestone does confirmation signify? Uh, okay, so. I know in the early church it used to be an extension of baptism, but confirmation is, we consider it to be um, when you become a soldier for Christ. Ooh, like the term. Like, because it goes with the last question of us being the church militant on earth. Okay. So you okay. become. I'm seeing a the soldier. connection. I'm seeing it. You be, so your answer is we become a soldier for Christ. Yes. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what milestone does confirmation signify? Well, you get confirmed whenever you are like a sophomore or junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it symbolizes that you are graduating. <laughs> that, that, that's your answer? Yes, that's my answer. Okay, okay. Uh, Adrian's on the hook for graduation. Emily is on the hook for soldier for Christ. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Where's my movie guy voice? Emily, or Emilio rather. What say you? Well, for me, I thought it was just—it wasn't just graduation. It's more of a soldier. So I'd go with Emily. Survey says 
There we yes. go. Yes. Praise be to God. Graduation, really, Adrian? Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that's like... <laughs> that, 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 that so was the best you could come up to with. To be fair, that's actually what a lot of people yeah, consider it to be. That's think. A lot of people Ouch. consider it a graduation. They get confirmed and then never show up back to church. Mm-hmm. You, you cut me deep, Kind of like how I uh, graduated from school and then never went back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emilio, you did it. You're in the coffee cup twice. Praise be to God. Uh, see, you, you did it okay. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, I'll definitely remember the doxology from now on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, praise be to God. We all learn something new. That's that's the goal, anyway. But Emilio, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for being a fun contestant on our show today. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to put you on hold because we got to get your phone number in case it be God's divine providence that your name be pulled out of the cup this coming Friday. But uh, Emilio, thanks for being on with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to put you on hold. Adrian will get your number here in a moment, but that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Felt good to be back on uh, Fear and Trembling. Yeah, it did. And I'm really excited. It's good to get, like, hear our guests, our listeners' voices, you know, to have them on the show, to get to interact with them. I love that part. Yeah, praise be to God. I love getting answers wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We still need, like, a a Hall of Fame with the worst, best, worst answers. Something like that. We need to keep track somehow. We need to do a show on confirmation. I'm just thinking about it now, and I'm like, nobody understands the sacrament of confirmation. Yeah, that's true. It's got to be the most misunderstood sacrament. Soldier for Christ is such a cool term, right? You know, church militant. Praise be to God. All right. um, We need like a a super fan to to intern for the show to help us with stuff like that, keeping track of the best, worst answers, stuff like that. That'd be cool. If you're interested, reach out to Adrian Fonseca. I'm sure he'd love to get your help on a lot of tasks. But at any rate, that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. The Holy Mass will begin to air here in just a few moments. If you're going to Holy Mass, please do keep us in your prayers. We'd be very grateful to you. We're certainly praying for you. Um, The after show will begin as well, uh, live YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget, you can find the links to everything over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt so if you're looking for links to our facebook streams and youtube and all that grnonline.com forward slash cdt we'll post the video with gabriel castillo and the seven uh, sorrows of our lady and wanting you know the seven sorrows challenge this week in holy week you can find that video on our youtube channel and our rumble channel and our facebook page later today but praise be to god god love you thank you for being a part of the catholic drive time family It is always so good to be on with you every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Share us with a friend. We'd be very grateful. And if you're hanging out with us in the drive time, we'll see you in just a few minutes. Uh, Don't forget, again, thank you for all those people who generously donated to the Guadalupe Radio Network during our share last week. You mean so much to us. You make it possible. God love you. God bless you. We either see you in the after show or we'll see you back here tomorrow morning on Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Who is my friend? Uh, Adrian Fonseca is going to uh, get Emilio's phone number. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual in our conversation with you, dear listener. Uh, we let our hair down, and some of us have more hair than others, praise be to God. But I now have beard balm, thanks to glory and shine. So I may not have a lot up top. My tonsure is growing, but the beard hopefully will have a bright future. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. We got a lot of people here, Emily. Yes, we do. We had a lot of interaction. It's good to see everybody again. Everybody we missed last week, Kathy, of course, um, she said she couldn't join us for the second hour last week. We missed you. We missed all of our, our friends here. Sean, good morning to you. Jesus, of course, has been um, – oh, we're, we can't talk about his comments yet, though. <laughs> Got to wait that? on Sorry. those. Uh, we are contractually obligated to let, to let Adrian read them. That's right. Uh, for some odd reason. you know, we did, we did find them cahooting together in the studio last week, and we posted a picture of that on our Facebook page. Uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time and you can find a picture of the incredible, awesome Jesus Robles uh, there hanging out with Adrian Fonseca. I see Valentin. Good morning, Valentin Thomas. Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. Kathy, it's always good to see you back. And we're glad to see you. We thought we, you know, we're like, where's up with Kathy? We haven't seen Kathy. And that's because last week our second hour uh, was shifted due to the share 93, good morning, good morning. I see uh, Jennifer, or Jay Cabrera, uh, good morning. Uh, she, Jennifer says the whole family's been praying the seven sorrows. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's pretty awesome. Praise be to God. Um, let's we see. We had Patty, of course. We had Christopher Chance, who also listens to 80s rap. Yes. <laughs> 80s. All right. What's your favorite? Uh, are you up to like Will Smith in summertime? What are we talking Will about here? Smith Will Smith in summertime. summertime? I like yes. What, yes. what are we talking about? I mean, who does not love Will Smith in summertime? I'm just saying. What a jam. An absolute. Yep. Uh, Chris Velasquez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Chris says, I'm in in the hashtag seven stars challenge. Uh, Angelo is also in. That was fun. Thomas Russell, he's in. Praise be to God. Yeah, that was really cool to see everybody getting so excited about yeah. the Seven Sorrows. I love that. Yes, let's do it. Jesus Moreno. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm just scrolling back through. Susan, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us on the YouTube side. And we had Louise on Facebook. Oh, wonderful. Rick Good morning. Praise be to God from sunny Buffalo. What's the temperature there in Buffalo, Rick? Good to see you. We love uh, our Station of the Cross listeners. Josh, good morning to you. Have a blessed day. Of course, Lori. Lori got her cup, by the way. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. The yay. personally autographed Catholic Drive Time uh, <laughs> Divine Providence mug, and first the, edition. The autographs will come right off when you wash it. Don't say that. <laughs> I let them dry for like days before I mail them. <laughs> Let's see. Blessed Holy Week. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you all read that already. I think y'all did. No, we, we, um, we, we are, the, you know, the union rep called and said, you better not read Jesus Robles' comments until, Jesus, till, uh, till uh, uh, I didn't even know I had a union rep. Until Adrian has had a chance to, <laughs> to see them first at the very minimum. So we are just trying to remain contractually true. <laughs> well, Jeff... Bouyer said, blessed Holy Week to you. And Kathy said, she's in for the seven sorrows. Praise be to yeah, God. I mean, we saw so many people jumping in for the seven sorrows yeah. challenge. So that's pretty exciting. I started doing it 
uh, on Saturday. And so I'm super excited to get through the Seven Sorrows every day this week uh, leading up to Easter. We'll see if I keep going afterwards. Uh, I wanted to ask Gabriel, if, uh, why should I do the Seven Sorrows if I'm already doing the Rosary? And he's like, no. Don't, don't, don't ask that question. <laughs> don't do like, it. He goes, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just do it. He was afraid to scare people away, to be yeah. honest. Now, guys, real quick. Did you see Roseanne is said uh, she's watching from Kentucky this morning? Yes. No. How I kind of want some Kentucky Rosie. whiskey. She's got an awesome uh, image for her profile pic on Facebook. Uh, she says, uh, Marine at USMC Forever, Semper Fi, by the way, praise be to God, lives in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, and she's got an image of St. Michael the Archangel uh, laying, the, laying the, the foot on, uh, on Satan's head. So, uh, praise be to God. We love uh, that. Mr. Thomas on YouTube said, good morning, is Jesus a member of the police? Yes, he is. <laughs> Officer Jesus Robles uh, is a member of the police in Houston, Texas, and uh, he's one who donated this Awesome statue, lending it to us. It's on loan. Uh, I'm going to put put it on behind me. Uh, this is his statue. It's gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. It blows my mind how like human beings can create things like this with their hands. We hand. need a close-up, though. We like, I can't get, do this. We need to get like an in, uh, an NDI camera. We can move the, the wide camera that we use, over put over at Jesus do... and just walk it over here. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we have it's, – it's so stunning. It just blows my mind how human beings are so talented – that we can create these beautiful images to glorify God. Uh, it just blows my mind. It makes me think of a lot of these artwork and history. They used to build these pillars and they'd paint them and make them gorgeous. And then these artists would build, would paint on the top of the pillars. And people were like, why are you doing that? That makes no one's going to see that. And, and the only reason why people know it exists is because we can see it today um, through a ladder system to go and see it. But it was actually made to glorify God. Amen. And it was only to glorify God because no one else could see it. And the same thing happens. The uh, Canon's regular St. John Cantus in Chicago, they have this beautiful side altar, absolutely stunning. And the statuary on it is built so you can only see the front of the statues. And the Canons were telling me how on the back side of them, mm -hmm. they're just as detailed as the front side. And he said that the artist said, even though no one will see the backside of them, God will see them. And so he spent all the extra time to carve and put all the detail on the backside of the statues that no one else would see because it's backed up against the altar. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely beautiful. And that's, that's just how, that's what, what we're made to do. Rick over on the Facebook side uh, said, go Navy. Uh, Rick, let me just say, as a guy who, who uh, served in the Marine Corps, in the 90s, uh, thank you for the rides you would give the Marine Corps to, uh, <laughs> so we could do our business. We're very, we're very grateful to you, uh, Rick. Is, uh, what was, uh, thank you for your service, what Rick. Was, we're very what grateful. was jo Joey Mignot? Where was he at? He was in the Army. He was in the Army. And, yeah. then, and then Bree was? Navy. Navy. Okay, there we yeah. go. Bree, in fact, so coming, what, what, if you're just joining us, what Adrian's talking about is the show that's coming up on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern. It's called Intersections with Bree and Joey. And uh, Bree served as an officer in the Navy, and Joey was, uh, I don't know if he was commissioned or enlisted. I don't recall. He probably was commissioned, but he did, I think, m two tours in Iraq, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he might have also gone to Afghanistan. I can't recall. But either way, uh, it's a great show. She is an independent journalist, and they look at the headlines and the stories of the day, church-related and otherwise and uh, a very interesting conversation that happens around those. So you should tune in. It'll be live streamed right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter 
uh, just look for GRN online. You'll be able to find that. It's a great show. You should check it out. But uh, Adrian's the producer. So it's, that's why he kicks us off at a quarter tilt on Mondays, just so he can turn his attention to them. Might Thomas be. Russell had an interesting comment. Did you guys see that? No. no. Go ahead. Confirmation occurs too late in the Western church, in my opinion. Ooh, okay. Uh, we have to talk uh, about confirmation. Yes. It's actually really Real cool. Real quick, before you jump in, though, uh, Donald, a brand new commenter. I don't think I've ever seen a comment from Donald Paddock. Tell me I'm wrong. Hello. Jesus is a friend. What? You're stealing my thunder, dude. Jesus is a friend. That, it Amazing. cannot be Amazing. our first time comment or sound. <laughs> That's what it is. Where is the, okay, audience, do you want the Jesus is a friend of mine song, or do you want the horns of judgment to be the sounder for first time commenters? Let us know in the comments. Let us know. I mean, the, fir- the horns of judgment. It's epic. Don't worry. I have the perfect sound. I just have to wait okay. for Easter. All I right. just okay. cannot use it until uh, Lent is over. Donald Paddock says, right on, Rick, U.S. Navy, 68. All right. Praise be. There's a, now there's a whole lot of uh, Navy high-fiving going on in the comment box on Facebook. <laughs> Praise be to God. Thank you for your service, Donald. We're very grateful to you. All right. Confirmation. You got six minutes on the clock. Go. Oh, man. Where do we start? Go ahead, Adrian. Go ahead. Yeah, one of my, <laughs> uh, me and my friend, James Carrasco, he uh, was my youth minister in high school and, in, uh, and for, for a long time. And we were just talking about this. We had lunch the other day, and we were just railing about how confirmation is absolutely absurd the way it's done today. And uh, I was reading some old catechisms, and these old catechisms were talking about how uh, the confirmation was done to kids at like 12 years old. And now we wait all the way until they're like sophomores, juniors in high school. And the problem with this is people this is, we're waiting so, until they're already gotten by the culture. The culture already has gotten hold of them. Whereas confirmation is made there by God, by our Lord Jesus Christ, to prepare us for the battle. But we're throwing our kids into the battle without confirmation, and then we're expecting them to be ready to be confirmed later on. Uh, so I think it's a huge issue that needs to be resolved. Uh, it's not that it's invalid or anything like that. I just think it's less prudent. And a lot of people, a lot of our friends that are from Mexico, um, I know a lot of my friends from Mexico actually got confirmed as children uh, soon after they were received First Communion. The Eastern Church confirms them right after baptism. Um, so it's it's pretty it's very interesting, and I think it'll be a, a conversation worth having in in full. And I've been looking a lot into it because of this whole misconception of confirmation as a graduation ceremony. And uh, what what is confirmation? Is it the same as baptism? Is it different? How is it different? Uh, so I've been looking a lot into it recently. I've been reading uh, what uh, Thomas Aquinas had to say about it, what Fulton Sheen had to say about it, what uh, Father Hardin, servant of God, Father Hardin had to say about. It. Um, and it's just it's just really in depth in this whole idea of being a soldier for Christ and a and part of the church militant. It's really been gone on the wayside, so I think it's something that we have to reclaim. Yeah, and I I have to say I think I'm with uh, Thomas Russell on his side here because I think especially because I volunteer with a confirmation group and I see how the kids at their age. Most of them have already left the church by the time they're doing their confirmation. They've already left the church mentally. They're, they're out of it. They're going through the motions. And the sacraments, we have to remember that the sacraments give us grace. And so if the earlier you receive the, the sacrament, you're going to get the grace to be faithful. For example, like Pius X lowered the age of First Communion. First Holy Communion used to be given at the age of 12, and Pius X lowered that to seven years old. Um, uh, why? Because that those children... They understand. They're like we can't assume that people are not mature enough 
Um, no, the, the, the sacraments give us grace. And so they're very powerful. I think we should give them earlier. Amen. I see the horns of judgment are leading the, the, the poll in the comments. That's because the people. I'm just saying. That's because the people who don't like it just don't want to hurt your feelings. No. I had people please? email me. People were no. emailing me, like Come begging on. me. They were like, Adrian, please make a sound. No, I don't want to hear Joe's horns of judgment <laughs> ever Jesus, again. Jesus Robles counts for two. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Come <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> Mr. A- Thomas Anderson says, I love the horns of the apocalypse. Preach it, brother. Eric Rodriguez, horns of thunder. I love that. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joaquin is on for the horns. Amen, brother. Amen. The horns. And let's see who else. Let's see. Uh, Sean says, give us the horns. Lori says, Lori, no horns. Lori says, no I am horns. so sorry you had to leave the show, Lori. Lori counts for two. <laughs> look, look. This song is the reason why I like this song so much. I, wasn't is not Christopher only because Chance on Jesus for the horns is a friend too? of mine, pretty sure. But Jesus is a friend of mine, you know? Jesus. Yes, he is. So, you know, I, all I'm Jesus saying is a friend all right, of mine. All I want to say is that Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend. How can you not love that? Have you ever seen the video of that? It's disturbing. It will infect your mind and it will not leave for the whole day. You'll be thinking about that song. Don't YouTube that video. Whatever you do. It's such a vibe. Whatever you do. All right. That's so good. uh, Lori says, no horns. Jesus says, song. Jesus song, please. All right. God's will be done. If you don't want the horns, I guess that's your choice, but... Uh, I'm counting more horns for the others for the song. I'm just saying. At any rate, that's going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time. A lot of fun on the program today. We're glad to be back in our regular programming schedule, and we're, we're looking forward to being on with you tomorrow. I, I don't have the uh, schedule in front of me to see who our guest is tomorrow morning, but whatever it is, it's going to be interesting and timely conversation. We hope you'll be a part of it. And for all of those joining us in the Seven Sorrows Challenge, pray the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows today. And all every day this week leading up to Easter Sunday. It's an incredible uh, a time for prayer, for meditation, and for preparing ourselves for the greatest feast on the calendar. God love you. God bless you. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right back here in Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Joey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Awesome little uh, monologue you did there on uh, Fulton Sheen and the patron saint of... Social justice? Social justice. Ain't that great? You should clip that and post it somewhere. Clip <laughs> that segment out and be like, Adrian and... Um, and social Sheen justice. Discuss social <laughs> justice. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Maybe I will. That's... I love Fulton Sheen. Uh, me too. I'll go through like phases where I just want to like listen to all of his stuff, and then I'll re-listen to it again. I've done it twice now. Yeah, um, there's a lot of them up on YouTube, like a significant amount. His his stuff on Judas is like is so good. Uh, I'm looking at a guest right now about the uh, crucifixion. Uh, so am I going to try to? I've been reaching out to him. I let him know by noon. If not, then we go on panic mode. All right. I forget his name. I have to look it up. Okay. I have to say the name. Do I sound okay? Do I look okay? How's this coming through? Uh, it looks good. The, your uh, scene looks a little bit better. I like, I like the, the flower pot in a different place. Uh, right to left looks good, too. I rotated it a bit. Um, yeah, this... You're a little quiet. Can you uh, turn your mic up? Is that possible? I don't know how the the um, MV7 works. Let's see. Well, I can either move it closer. I'm afraid to move it closer. Let me just... I can turn the gain up. Is that better? Uh, Can you speak from it? Worse? Uh, Yes. Is this any better than what I was doing, or is this worse? Uh, It's about the same. Hmm. Let me... So, I've been... I went off of auto go back to auto level there we go is that better or about the same nah it's about the same that's okay i can turn you up from here it's just better i mean i can move the microphone closer to me which should do that that should change things a bit yeah is this any better am i louder now yes i mean i moved it a good inch closer so yeah that's a much better let me go back to the preset that i did for um okay so does this still sound all right am i still loud enough or is this worse? Uh, that is... Set, speak. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Joey, Joey, test, test. One, two, three, four. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, that's fine. Because uh, well, I changed the gain and a few other things in the EQ, so I can undo some of those things. Just because it was... the, the... Hi, Bree. Okay. Let's see. How are you... Oh, because you're in Comrex. I was like, I don't see you. How are you talking? Magic. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course they did. Um, so if I go back to the other presets, the auto level stuff. So yeah, I can. It sounds different in my in yeah. my monitor too. That that's this is, better. Okay. Yeah. I was just worried about it picking up. Um, I'll just leave it on the on the auto level stuff then. Uh, I was worried about it picking up too much background noise. But if this mm. sounds better and it's not going to be an issue, then we'll just leave it alone. Yeah, I think it sounds better. If it ends up being worse over during the show, then we'll just change it for next week. Um, okay. And then I can always work on it on my end, turn you off, turn it back on if it gets too bad. Um, but I shouldn't spike, but uh, I just I can hear the echo in the room 
in my monitor. So I was like, uh, okay. So, uh, but that shouldn't be a problem in from maybe for next week. I should have at least awesome. my studio set up. So I'm hoping I'll be have a, it'll be different. Great. Praise God. Well, you know what they say. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God... And I'm actually, speaking of uh, if God doesn't do it, I'm running my video through OBS now. So oh, sweet. I'm trying to see if that gives, that's, I was able to do a little bit of color correction and brighten it up. I also have a light over, you can't see it now. Well, no, maybe you can. There's a light right here, like just off screen. Um, so that's lighting the other side of my face. So I'm hoping that, that, yeah, you can see it in my glasses if I turn too far. I sent the it's link. It's in the chat. Yeah, it's in the chat. Scroll, I see it. It's 939-670-8191. You sent it twice. I even saved it. Uh, if you want to refresh it, the page maybe. Or just make sure you're at the bottom because sometimes the new messages don't show up. Yes, I see your hello. See. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to email it to you then. No, just, Bree, just go in the join thing. I'm going to give you the number. Just hit type in the number. Are you ready? Have you restarted your computer? Yeah, it must be the network. 939-670-8191. But Comrex is running through the same internet connection, right? So it's just based on that, I would be... It doesn't appear that it's the internet connection. There's mm-hmm. got to be something, um, something else. Hey, there you are. So, um, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, this conference that we talked about last week. Uh huh. Um, we're going to talk about uh, President Biden's press conference and the border crisis and a few other things sprinkled in. Um, she just mentioned that she's going to talk about... Um, Cardinal Zen. Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Zen. And, not going to talk are you, about Oh, you're not going to talk about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's already out there. So just so uh, that's an update to a story that we talked about last week, so that's a pretty easy throwback, so... Um, there wasn't actually an update because I was like, I don't want to talk about it unless there's an update. But there's an update, so it's pretty cool and exciting that there's an update cool. that um, more cardinals are now coming out and talking about this particular issue and the lack of clarity from the, I don't know what to call them, the press office, I guess. Yeah.
Well, I mean, that's fine. I like your opening, but that's... Uh, sure, that's fine. I don't remember your sunny cobblestones of whatever line, but uh, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll try my, I'll try my best. Um, cool. Yeah, so OBS is pretty sweet. I'd never really played around with it until this weekend, and I was like, you know what? Let's try and run the, uh, the webcam video through OBS and do some color correction and some cropping, because the by default the webcam view is pretty wide. It's terrible actually um so that was my project for this weekend is trying to make this shot look better yeah obs is it's really helpful really great free software yeah it's the fact that it's free is uh often understated let's see okay uh i didn't get any of the files that you sent brie so um, I won't be able to play any of that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hey, at what point in the opening does should I start? Like when he's done doing the intro, am I cool to start talking? Yep, as soon as like- he's uh, not speaking anymore. Uh, feel free to jump in uh, at any point. You can give it a second. And as soon as you start talking, I'll turn down the volume to a reasonable level. Uh, so uh, up to you. Okay. I'll probably give it a second just because there oftentimes seems to be a little bit of a delay. No problem. So I'm just going to say, I'll do my little normal intro that I normally do, and then I'm going to say, um, with that being said, I'll hand you over to Bree so she can kick us off with the first topic of the day. Or do you want to do, because uh, I, w- I want you to talk about that thing first. If there's an update, I'd rather you talk about that first um, and give a quick up. Yeah, then, well then, yes, but then we can segue into the conference. Like, uh, this is, like, just at a certain point, just figure out a good transition. Like, you know, we talked about this, and then also last week we talked about the the conference and when you can easily just segue into the conference. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say there's uh, with that being said, I'll hand you over to Bree so she can kick us off with uh, some breaking news out of the vat with some, oh, my favorite, my favorite line. I get to say Bree and breaking news in the same sentence. This is so exciting. Breaking with Bree. With, with, <laughs> It's your thing. You got to own it. Yeah. It's okay. It, you just so if so, if people like poke fun at you for it, you have to take that and turn it into a strength. That's the that's the thing. That's why like I give you shit about it because I think it's funny. You got to use it for publicity. Yeah. Turn a turn a negative into a positive. Mister Miyagi, it wax on. Mister Miyagi, it. I got to Joe McLean myself off the radio. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm gonna. Hopefully, I don't have to Joe McLean uh, myself. Joe McLean sounds like the the B the 
B-list version of, uh, <laughs> in, or not, uh, what's it called? Uh, John McClane. Uh, the series, Die Hard, Die Hard series. It's like the the B version. Of his, the voice? No, just like John McClane from Die Hard. Mm. Like Yippee Kai Prey, Mother something. Oh. I, we got to figure out a way to do working. <laughs> Joe McClane, not John McClane. We'll just do like a creative Photoshop of Joe's head on John McClane's body. Yeah, Yippee Kai Prey, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. <laughs> oh no <laughs> alright one minute uh, putting y'all on mute so I don't say anything crazy on air okay that's good Twenty seconds. <laughs>